0: So Global has just made a big, big announcement about global central bank digital currency. Uh, Changes being made right now in states across the country are paving the way for this to happen. Stay tuned and I'll tell you more. Welcome, everybody, to Behind the Deep State. I am your host, Alex Newman, Senior Editor at The New American Magazine. Now, we are not like the Johnny-come-latelys that are just suddenly discovering CBDCs and financial tyranny and globalism. We've been sounding the alarm about this at The New American Magazine literally since the magazine was created, and even before uh, in the two publications that merged to ultimately create the new American. So, um, you know, we're not the, the kind of Johnny come lately is trying to pretend like we're leading the parade uh, after having been hiding all this time. So we, we've been on this for a long time. But a big announcement just happened last week. And I want to break it down for you because I think some people are overstating the significance of this announcement. Others, uh, like most of the fake media, is just completely ignoring it. And so I think we should have a discussion about it. Now, last week, During the IMF spring meetings, the so called Digital Currency Monetary Authority launched what they described as a new international central bank digital currency called Unicoin, working through a UMU network. Now, uh, this DCMA, this Digital Currency Monetary Authority, uh, something of a shady organization. We don't know a whole lot about it. Uh, They claim that membership within the DCMA consists of sovereign states. We don't know which ones. Central banks, again, we don't know which ones. Uh, Commercial and retail banks, again, we don't know which ones. And financial institutions. Now, we We've been told that there are some central banks in Africa. There are some African governments, maybe even the the Chinese government and the Indian government involved. They said they've been in discussions with the IMF and some other things, but a very opaque organization. We really don't know too much about it. They did admit in a press release last year that the idea for the DCMA actually came when they were meeting with officials from the People's Bank of China. Uh, That's an arm of the most murderous dictatorship in all of human history. It's the central bank of the Communist Party of China. So we do know some things about this organization. Now, this new digital currency, this new CBDC that they announced, they claim it complies with the recent crypto assets policy recommendations proposed by the International Monetary Fund. Um, If you're not familiar with the IMF, we've done a lot of work on it right here on this program. I actually did a cover story for the New American uh, back in, I think, 2011 about how the IMF was being groomed to become the central bank of the world, the global central bank. Um, and that has not changed, right? We don't know when that will come about, but uh, go read that article if you haven't yet. We also have done uh, several episodes of Behind the Deep State where we talk about the IMF, what they're doing, what they're planning, how they want to use these special drawing rights as the global currency. Uh, but we're, we're going to avoid a lot of that today and just focus on this issue of central bank digital currencies. Now, to be clear, the International Monetary Fund, the IMF, has denied being connected to this uh, digital or currency monetary authority. Um, you you know, so they are themselves saying they don't have anything necessarily to do with this. They, say they actually put out a statement that says the IMF has no involvement in DCMA or Unicoin. But this is still a very significant development, and I'll explain to you why. Uh, first of all, let's talk about former IMF chief Christine Lagarde. Uh, she is now the head of the European Central Bank, which is really uh, kind of the the globalist monetary authority for the European Union. Not all the European countries have joined the um, euro, but most of them have. And so this is a very powerful institution. It's a supranational institution, very much along the lines of what they want to do at the global level, ultimately over the long term with the IMF. Now, the European Union is already working on a European a euro Digital currency. Okay, and they're already putting very very serious restrictions on cash uh, including bans on cash transactions in a lot of countries uh, anything over a thousand euros across the EU you are not allowed to do any cash transaction over 7,000 euros so you cannot go buy a car in cash if that car is worth more than 7,000 euros legally. Now, uh, just uh, last week, Christine Lagarde was speaking at the Council on Foreign Relations. She was at a CFR event in New York. Uh, The CFR is, of course, deep state headquarters on American soil. It is the swamp here in the United States. Um, And so IMF boss Lagarde, former IMF boss, now European Central Bank boss uh, Lagarde, warned that we should expect escalating monetary and financial chaos. Uh, she said inflation is going to continue pushing upwards. She said these geopolitical rifts uh, between the U.S. and China might push inflation higher than 5% uh, for the dollar. And uh, it might even threaten, she said, the positions of the dollar and the euro in international currency markets, particularly the dollar, which, of course, is the global reserve currency. Just a couple of weeks ago, we did a whole episode on how the dollar was losing its status as the global reserve currency, which really only confirms the things that we told you 10, 15, 20 years ago at the New American magazine. Uh, now, Lagarde also said that we may see more instability as the global supply chain uh, elasticity wanes. We could see more multipolarity as geopolitical tensions continue to mount. By multipolarity, they mean uh, power spreading away from the United States, from America, from Europe, and towards, say, communist China and Russia and things like this. Uh, and She says that these uh, disruptions in global supply chains could hit critical sectors. Uh, and as part of that, she says a lot of countries might start reducing even further their dependence on the U.S. dollar and primarily and also on the euro uh, she said that there's evidence already that uh, uh, there's an increase uses for the Chinese yuan or the renminbi, they call it uh, or also uh, even the Indian currency. and a lot of countries now are starting to do trade even in their own currencies, including France right where Lagarde uh, comes from. Uh, they actually signed a deal with the communist Chinese to sell liquefied natural gas in um, in their own currencies rather than using the dollar. So again, we're watching. Go back and watch that episode if you haven't yet. We're watching very rapidly uh, the dollar being displaced as the global reserve currency, uh, and this is very very significant. Now uh, there was a prank call just very recently uh, with Christine Lagarde. Somebody pretending to be uh, the the leader of Ukraine called in and asked about some of these things. And Lagarde was quoted as saying here that we're considering whether for a very small amounts. Anything less than 300, there would have to be a mechanism. There could have a mechanism where there is zero control, but that could be dangerous. Right. Um, so here she's saying that um, every single transaction needs to be tracked as they're rolling out these this uh, European digital currency. Folks, uh, this is really, really serious. Again, she's saying even tiny transactions would have to be tracked. You can't even have 300 euros or 400 euro transactions that were not tracked by the government. She said, you know, there was a terrorist attack. And so obviously we can't have um uh, cash transactions anymore. And uh, just last month, actually, the European Union introduced these cash payment limits of seven thousand euros that I mentioned. Uh significantly less in other countries. In France and in Italy, it's uh, nothing over a thousand euros. Uh, same thing with cryptocurrency. You're not allowed to use uh, anonymous cryptocurrency transactions for anything over a thousand euros. So, folks, this is really, really serious. And and to give you some context, when uh, Lagarde was still running the IMF, she actually talked about publicly how the headquarters of the IMF may move over to Beijing. Uh, so that brings us back to this digital currency uh, monetary authority, the DCMA, and their universal monetary unit. Uh, they're, they're saying this will be symbolized by like a U with two dots on top. Uh, and they're calling it a legal money commodity that you can use to transact in any legal tender settlement currency uh, they said it functions like a cbdc and it will allow the central banks to enforce their regulations and protect the integrity of the international banking system uh, in their press release they quote uh, an imf official the financial counselor at the imf uh, as saying Cross-border payments can be slow, expensive, and risky. In today's world of payments, counterparties in different jurisdictions rely on costly trusted relationships to offset the lack of a common settlement asset together with common rules and governments. But imagine if a multilateral platform existed that could improve cross-border payments at the same time transforming foreign exchange transactions, risk sharing, and more generally, financial contracting. Now, right now, the U.S. dollar kind of fulfills that, right? When, when there is international exchanges that need to be settled, typically those will be done in dollars because the dollar is the global reserve currency. But what they're talking about here is a new system that would not. Now, that quote I just gave you, that was quoted in the DCMA's press release, but that was from the financial counselor of the IMF. Now, the head of the DCMA, Executive Director Daryl Hubbard, uh, he's the chief architect, he says, of the UMU. He says, this vision expressed by the IMF is the exact solution the DCMA is delivering to central banks worldwide. Uh, And he's right. What the IMF is outlining is exactly what this DCMA uh, is proposing. Now, whether the DCMA idea is ultimately adopted or whether the IMF and the Bank for International Settlements come up with their own, uh, that's really irrelevant. The point is, this process is underway. Globalists at the highest levels are thinking about it. And uh, this is moving forward very, very rapidly. Um, Daryl continues, the uh, the executive director of the DCMA, he says, they're not attempting to disrupt the international monetary system. In fact, they're trying to strengthen it by helping the IMF. Wow. Wow. That's pretty interesting. They say it's a game changer in how cross-border payments are transacted, mitigates against seasonal and systemic local currency depreciation. Uh, so, folks, this is very serious. They say that UMU model law legislation has been drafted in collaboration with several sovereign states. Again, they don't tell us which ones, but they say that it should be uh, that the UMU should not be enacted as legal tender for negotiating domestic prices or international agreements, but rather it should be enacted as a complementary money commodity for the store of value mitigating against these. So uh, this is very similar to what the IMF wants to do with the SDR, right? I doubt they're going to come out and say one day, hey, you need to use the SDR when you go to the grocery store, right? It'll start off as a mechanism for settling international exchanges where you'll still go to the grocery store and shop in dollars. Uh, a Frenchman will still go to the grocery store and shop in euros. But if there's an international transaction, if a company is paying an American company, that might go through some international exchange mechanism where it would go through uh, either U.M.U. or or S.D.R.s, the special drawing rights, or whatever they end up using for this system. So, folks, this is what they are trying to develop. I suspect. The Bank for International Settlements, which we'll come to later, is already working on this, and we'll talk about them a little bit more later. Now, um, this universal monetary unit, they say, is a cryptocurrency reimagined um, to basically do the opposite of what traditional cryptocurrencies have done, right? Cryptocurrencies traditionally have been seen as alternatives to the banking system, ways to exit the banking system, ways to have privacy when you're doing exchanges. This is exactly the opposite. In fact, in the press release, they say it's reimagined from the ground up to support central banking and regulatory financial institutions. Um, and so, folks, without getting into all the technical jargon, um, this really is uh, very, very significant. Again, whether they end up using this one as the global CBDC or not, uh, you know, the DCMA may just be trying to look important. But the point is, these kinds of systems are in place. These are the things that the IMF and central banks and governments are asking for. Uh, again, they tell you in this DCMA uh, press release that several uh, national governments, central banks around the world, multiple uh, are already involved in this. And as we've reported right here on this program, uh, numerous governments and central banks have already unveiled their own central bank digital currencies. Many, many more are coming online as we speak. And so, folks, this is uh, incredibly, incredibly serious. Um, I hope everybody is paying attention to what is happening here Um, now. Uh, As they're working on these international CBDCs, here in the United States, uh, state governments are being pressured by the Uniform Law Commission, which is uh, really not a government entity, although government representatives go there. Uh, They're the ones that run the UCC, the Uniform Commercial Code. So a little bit of background, uh, you know, obviously every state has sovereignty over uh, certain uh, areas that they didn't delegate to the federal government. And so every state has kind of its own business laws, its own regulations. But uh, the thinking behind the Uniform Commercial Code was to try to make it as easy as possible for companies to do business from one state to another. Uh, So every state was asked to kind of uh, adopt this UCC. And obviously they still retain control. Ultimately, they can repeal it, they can change it, they can adopt it in different forms. But this UCC, uh, they're now proposing, and states are passing this new language to help define money. So in the definition of money, they wanna add this in. The term includes a monetary unit of account established by an intergovernmental organization or by agreement between two or more countries. Uh, So I've been talking to state legislators about this uh, recently uh, from all across the country. And uh, what's happening here is very significant, and state legislators are recognizing this. Now, in South Dakota, they tried to ram this through, and the legislators even went for it. Uh, Fortunately, the South Dakota governor, Governor Kristi Noem, vetoed this language, and she put out an official statement explaining why. Uh, First of all, she said it excludes Bitcoin and other non-government-backed cryptos while defining international central bank digital currencies as money within state law. So she says, first of all, this makes uh, crypto, Hard to use as money. Second of all, she said it opens the door to federal government imposition of central bank digital currencies. And she says it would be imprudent to create regulations for something that doesn't even officially exist yet. Uh, She's obviously correct. Uh, But more importantly, she says, uh, South Dakota should, and I'm, I'm quoting here, not open the door to potential future overreach by the federal government. Uh, thank you, Governor Nome. Uh, if only more governors had some sense like that, that would be a, a wonderful thing. Now, uh, recently we discussed um, uh, what was happening in Florida. Uh, the state of Florida is doing some really good things, and that's thanks to uh, a small handful of people in this state who are really on the ball, who've really been doing important things. But one of the things that's happening is we've got a bill in our state legislature. And uh, if, if you are not yet a member of the John Birch Society, you're not getting the alerts for that, make sure you go sign up. Um, If you live in Florida, especially, it's a very simple way to contact your legislators and support this. But this bill would ban central bank digital currencies in the Sunshine State. Um, And that's critically important, folks. I've been encouraging lawmakers in other states to adopt similarly. All all they got to do is really copy and paste the text of this legislation and get it passed in their own states. So if one state Ban central bank digital currencies. It may be hard to resist. If 25 states do it, it's going to be a lot harder for the Federal Reserve uh, crime syndicate masquerading as a central bank, uh, the the federal government, the Biden administration to impose this on Americans. So uh, folks, get involved at your state level again, Florida's already got this bill in. Uh, many other states, I think, will follow suit. Uh, another critical thing that's happening is the move to legalize gold and silver as legal tender. Now, this is exactly what the Constitution requires, right? In Article 1, Section 10, it makes clear that states shall make no thing other than gold or silver legal tender and payment of debts. So that's important, right? These states are just basically doing what the Constitution requires. Uh, Arkansas just last week passed a bill to do that. And so uh, we're very proud of the folks in Arkansas. Uh, other states have been doing this for a while. Utah was one of the first First ones. Uh, this is really critical, folks, and it may not seem like a big deal right now. Not a lot of people are going to go out and do business in gold and silver. But guess what? Uh, if you look at the United States and our economy as a Titanic, and the Titanic is very obviously in trouble, um, you know we need to prepare lifeboats for our states, for our economies, for our local governments. One way to do that is to make sure that gold and silver can be used legally in your state as legal tender for uh, transactions. If the dollar were to implode, if the Federal Reserve were to suck all of them out of the economy so that there's nothing left to trade with, having an alternative like gold or silver would make it possible for the economy to continue moving. Uh, I cannot emphasize how significant this is, folks. Uh, Some years ago, Texas actually passed a wonderful law creating a state bullion depository. And now policymakers there are working on ways to try to make it easier for citizens to do business using these gold and silver uh, uh, deposits that they have at their state bullion depository. Uh, But folks, ultimately at the state level, we have a lot of opportunities to derail this. Uh, Right now, the House majority in in Congress has an opportunity to derail a lot of this. Right, Uh, Biden signed an executive order in March of 2022 that we've talked about on this program, where he said that the administration places the highest urgency on the development and deployment of a central bank digital currency. Well, if the Congress won't fund, and, and all spending bills have to come from Congress, if the Congress won't fund this deployment and development of a central bank digital currency, How are they going to do it? Right now, the Fed's trying with their Fed now system. They're putting in place the infrastructure. But ultimately, folks, um, we've talked about this before on this show, but I just want to remind you, uh, Carol Quigley, we did a whole episode on him. Uh, He's the author of Tragedy and Hope. He was a mentor to Bill Clinton. Uh, I'll let Bill Clinton introduce him.
1: As a teenager, I heard John Kennedy's summons to citizenship. And then as a student at Georgetown, I heard that call clarified by a professor named Carol
2: Quigley.
0: Uh, he, was Georgetown University professor, uh, Clinton mentor. Uh, he very much saw himself as part of the deep state, and um, and you know he agreed with their ends. He said he agreed with their objectives. He just didn't think they ought to be secret. So he wrote that book. But what he said was the these uh, this network was trying to build a system of control where the politics of every country and the economy of the world as a whole would be in their hands. Uh, he said it'd be controlled in a feudalist fashion, uh, kind of like the World Economic Forum, saying you will own nothing, but you'll be happy. Right, so controlled in a feudalist fashion whereby um, you own nothing. Uh, And he said the apex of the system was going to be the Bank for International Settlements. Folks, this is key. The Bank for International Settlements is the... Bank in Basel, Switzerland, that is coordinating this rapid move all over the world away from traditional currencies toward these central bank digital currencies. Um, it's so important that people understand this, folks. Uh, and and you know, a lot of them are trying to make you think that CBDCs are just like cash. They're not. Uh, here is the general manager of the Bank for International Settlements talking about the difference. Check it out.
2: Our analysis on CBDC, in particular, for the use of general to the general use. Uh, we tend to establish the equivalence with cash, uh, and there is a huge difference there. Uh, For example, in cash, uh, we don't know, for example, who's using a $100 bill today. We don't know who is using a 1,000 peso bill today. Uh, A a key difference with the CBDC is that central bank will have absolute control on the rules and regulations that will determine the use of that uh, expression of central bank liability. And also, we will have the technology to enforce that. Those, are, those two issues are extremely important, and that m- makes a huge difference with respect to what, uh, to what cash is. So,
0: folks, this is so huge, right? Um, they will have absolute control over every Element of our lives, uh, not just our financial lives, if they get this passed, right? You won't take the vaccine, they'll shut off your. Uh, digital currencies, you won't uh, stop talking on social media, they'll shut off your digital currency. I mean, I got banned from PayPal, right? Um, and, and we don't even have central bank digital currencies. And already, they're cutting people off for telling the truth. So this is a recipe for disaster. But we can resist at the state level, we must resist at the state level, you can get involved and help do it. I would start off by you know sending this video to some people in your, uh, your email list. Uh, we have got to get this under control, folks, we cannot let them move on this because once cash is gone, Uh, You know, trying to protect our freedoms, trying to protect our health, trying to protect our families is going to become orders of magnitude more difficult. There's no reason why we should have a central bank digital currency. There's no reason why we should be waging war on cash and the freedom and the privacy that it offers. uh, Unless, of course, you're a totalitarian and you want to enslave people. So uh, the deep state is up to no good, Uh, regardless of what's going on with this digital currency, monetary authority. uh, It doesn't matter. These plans are underway. It's happening now. And if you don't get involved, if the American people don't get involved, this is going to steamroller over the planet like nothing. So. I'm Alex Newman. This is Behind the Deep State for the New American Magazine. Thanks for watching. God willing, we shall be with you again next week. Until then, God bless you all.
1: Sophia paused before the door. It read, Department of Bi-Digital Convergence. Just inside was a new world, a better world, the one of everlasting life, of no pain, of no loss, of no problem. She entered the chamber and her surroundings changed. She saw around her an infinite field of waving golden grain surmounted by cloudless blue sky. The AI voice whispered gently in her mind, Welcome to the Singularity. She couldn't see it and couldn't feel it, but her body had almost instantly been covered by a swarm of tiny grey multi-legged bots that melted through her clothes and into her skin. Not perceiving the nightmare, her eyes had already been consumed and the rest of her body was dissolving as the bots digested her flesh. She felt only a warmth suffusing her being. Drowsy, she drifted to sleep, and her last thought was one of panic. Would she ever wake could a nightmare vision like this be an outcome of the much-hyped transhumanist technological singularity? Enter the world of the future as illuminated by the experience of the past in Endgame, the new book by Dennis Barrett, the publisher of The New American Magazine, and find out how the disastrous COVID pandemic response fits with the technocratic elite's thirst to create a transhumanist utopia. Get Endgame from shopjbs.org with free shipping with code ENDSHIP, E-N-D-S-H-I-P. Or get Endgame and the Great Reset Collectors issue of the New American Magazine and get free shipping plus an additional 20% off both with code n 20 END20.